Perhaps unlike most pastors, Easter is a joyful time for me, but it's, it's the most fearful time in many ways. How does one share the story of Christ and his resurrection? And what it really means in each of our lives. Easter is the greatest moment in the history of humankind. It is a story that we learn when we're very young. Just as our children were here. Weren't they great? Wow. I almost feel like between the children and the choir, I should go sit down. Because I might not do as well as they did. But Easter, we gather annually to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Dell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is risen. Wow, I don't know about you guys. Has the Pentecost come yet, or are we still waiting? It is a great time. Across this nation and around the world, people will be celebrating in various ways and forms the resurrection of Jesus. Because he is alive, unlike the leaders of other religions, our Savior lives. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. He lives within my heart. It's the only explanation I can give you that I know that Jesus lives. Because Jesus has changed me. Jesus has made me a new person. And he's got a whole lot more work to do. But I do know he lives because he lives within my heart. I could talk to you this morning about the Mary, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of John and Salome, her friend. As they went off to the tomb after worrying for 24 hours and preparing their little knapsack of spices and, and, and perfumes to prepare the body of Jesus who now lay in the tomb thanks to Joseph, I could speak about Joseph and his sacrifice giving up his birthplace or his death place, his his tomb to Jesus. I could speak about the two men that Jesus uh, saw walking outside of Jerusalem, talking about the Scriptures, and He appeared before them. And He identified Himself through the Scriptures they were reading. I could talk about Thomas and all the doubting, the doubtful Thomas. The Bible, the Easter story is so full of dynamic lessons for us as believers. A pastor could preach on the Easter story for a full year and not cover all of the depth, all of the love, all of the passion that was experienced in that one week of Jesus' life. Let me read with you before I pray just a small portion of Scripture where I'm bringing my thoughts this morning. I must say to you, that I had 
about 14 of these pages. And I was going in a completely different direction until yesterday morning when I came into the church and I listened to the children. And I went back to my office and I said, Lord, I'm not sure what I have prepared is what you want me to say. I was feeling very uncomfortable. Those of us who preach know what that feels like. Are we sure? And then all of a sudden, something jumped out at me that I believe came from God. Let me read in John chapter 20. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, two angels in white sitting one at the head and one at the foot of the body of Je- where Jesus laid. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not recognize him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you weeping for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and immediately in Hebrew said, Rabboni, teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said to them these things. I thought about that. I thought about the disciples. Jesus came to Mary. They rushed back to the, to the disciples and others and told them that he was alive. He was alive. Now, I have to believe that the story goes on in some of the other Gospels when they told Peter and John it was a foot race to get from where Mary had told them to the tomb. John got there first. He was a faster runner. But he was a little more timid, and so he just kind of peeked in, and all of a sudden Peter comes bashing through him like Peter always does and gets right into the tomb. And all he sees is the clothing, the burial clothing of Jesus neatly folded sitting on the tomb slab. All of a sudden, they must have realized Mary was right. He, he's alive, man. He's alive. Man, I got to tell you, I'm getting back to Jerusalem and I'm telling everybody. I'm telling you, I'm going up and down the streets. I'm going into the byways. I'm going into the highways. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus. He's alive. He's alive. They're dancing in the street. They're waving their arms. They got their little flags going. He's alive. That's what you would think, wouldn't you? 
that's what I would do. Maybe. Maybe. Let's read the rest of the story. John 20, verse 19. This is what God showed me. And when it was evening of that day, the first day of the week, the day Jesus rose from the dead, they're in the room with the doors locked out of fear for the Jews. Instead of dancing in the streets, instead of being excited and rejoicing, they were so afraid they locked themselves in a room so that no one could come in because they were afraid if they were to follow Jesus that something bad might happen to them. Fear gripped them. Not hallelujahs. Not rejoicing. Not praising. Not living for Jesus. They were afraid because the world around them they thought would attack them. Let's come down 2,000 years later. Let's talk about today. We celebrate Easter today. The voices are louder. The singing is louder. Some of us are brave enough to shout hallelujahs. But I wonder what the end of next week will look like for us. Will we leave Easter Sunday so full of joy about the risen Christ? So full of joy about what He can do in our lives? Next weekend, will we feel the same way or will we lock out Easter because of fear? Because of what the world is doing around us? about the evangelical church being attacked and oppressed with our teaching. Will we lock out Easter? That's my challenge. That's what God showed me this week. And you know how He showed me? He showed me how I have locked out Easter so many times in my life. He showed how I lock Him out. I feel good and I feel joyful and I, I love being a Christian. But then when the world around me kind of grabs a hold of me, I lock out Easter. So, a few thoughts that came to my mind this week about locking out Easter. First of all, when we lock out Easter, we lock out the peace of Christ. When we lock out Easter, we lock out Jesus' peace. The Bible says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do, let, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. John chapter 14. Fear is the greatest enemy of praise. It is the greatest enemy that will tear us down 
from speaking about how much we love Jesus. Because we're afraid of how people around us will think, how they will feel. They might find that that's just an old-fashioned religion that you got there. And so we kind of draw back, and we lock out Easter. John 16, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Are we really sure of that? I mean, are we really sure of that? Or are those just words we say as believers? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Those are wonderful world words. But does our lifestyle walk those words? The world is filled with troubles. The world is filled with lots of things that draw us. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication without thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I recall a time when I did something stupid. It's not the first time in don't talk to my wife because she's got a list of them. But I do recall this one time. I wasn't a believer yet. I was in the military. And I was stationed at a Squimalt in Victoria, right on the ocean. And a bunch of guys were sitting on the ocean one day and probably, I'm guessing now, but I would suspect somewhere a half, you know, half a kilometer or, or more away from us was a big wharf where they had this cage for a whale. It was part of their, their kind of uh, zoo, I guess, or it was aquarium, and there was a zoo there. There was a whale there in this padded-off area. It was quite large. And so we thought, we can swim over there. After all, we're soldiers. And so we took off, about six of us, got in the water and started swimming at an angle towards this, this turf, this wharf. I was about halfway, and I was lagging behind considerably. And I knew I was in trouble. I tried to kind of see where the bottom was, and so I just kind of, you know, let myself float down, and I could never find the bottom and I knew I was in trouble. And so I said, I better start heading towards the shore, which was by now about a quarter of a, uh, a kilometer from where I was. And I started heading. And uh, to this day, I never even thought of this story until this weekend. I remember, I remember, saying, God, you need to help me because I'm in trouble. Well, I made it to shore, obviously. But 
I've come to realize that God loves me so much even in my deepest sin. He reaches out to me. When we shut out Easter, we shut out the peace of God. The other thing that I recognize, and I'm taking these basically from my own life experience. You see, at my age as a pastor, I can say anything I want. What the worst you can do is let me go. But these are my life experiences. When we lock out Easter, we lock out our assurance of our salvation. We lock out hope. John 10, 29, 20, 28, 29 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. I'm not sure we believe that every moment of our life. I'm not sure we believe that when the evil one starts to come at our thoughts. When somebody, when the the emotions within us start to bring up our past, the sin, the things that we've done wrong. I don't know about you, but this pastor often then follows, tries, starts to slip into the world of doubt. Really? Did Jesus really forgive those things? Did Jesus really take them away from me? Did Jesus really make me whiter than snow? Do you ever have those thoughts? Do you ever wonder? The Apostle Paul put it this way. Those who, who don't believe in Jesus, one of two things about them. They're either fools or they're believing that something isn't true. I believe that as believers we're constantly attacked. We're constantly being bombarded with negative thoughts about ourselves. I believe that that, when that happens in our lives, we're blocking out Easter. We're blocking it out. You see, Easter isn't just Easter morning. Easter is a 365-day reality. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus will walk with you. Jesus will talk with you. Jesus will carry your burdens that you have. It doesn't mean we won't have them. It means that He will carry them with us. He will walk those burdens with us. I read this this week regarding salvation and assurance. There are three groups of people. Those who are secure, but not sure. Those who are sure, but not secure. And those who are, are, are secure and sure. Which one are you? I often found myself in position two. Category one are conscious believers in Christ who are saved but lack assurance. And category two are professing Christians who say, even though I'm living in sin, I will make it anyway. After all, once saved, always saved. 
I have always been a strong believer in that. But the third group are born-again believers who enjoy warm, secure relationships with Christ each day. Born-again believers who enjoy a relationship with Jesus each and every day. And they don't worry about their salvation. They don't worry about their assurance because they're walking and talking with Jesus. And if there's anything, anybody that's going to assure me, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. What about you? Can you sing that song and be lifted up? He lives within your heart. You don't have to look for existential assurances. You don't have to look for places. You, have to, you don't have to look for happenings. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose again from the dead, you are, let me hear it. Let me hear it. You're saved. When we lock out Easter, we get that doubting following and finding us. And that comes right out of the playground of the devil. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to be insecure. He wants you to ask questions. He wants to destroy that confidence that you have in Jesus. Finally, we are <laughs> when we lock out Easter... We lock out the power of Jesus in our lives. We lock out the power. We recognize from Scripture that the resurrection power is the source of a number of blessings that we require in our lives. But I'm not sure we fully understand the manifestation of that. In resurrection power, Jesus becomes our justification. In resurrection power, Jesus justifies you. He stands before the Father, and He justifies you. Romans 4, 25. Who was delivered for our, our offenses, Jesus, and was raised again for our justification. What does that mean? Resurrection power brings the end to all demonic accusations against you and me. That means in his resurrection power lies our justification from all generational curses and satanic assaults upon you. Believe in the Lord Jesus. I claim this every day of my life. Believe in the Lord Jesus. My first week as a believer, God gave me this verse. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved, you and your household. And I claim that verse before Jesus every day. No matter how, long, how large my household gets, I claim that promise of God. 
Because I'm justified because of Jesus. Satan has no more audience for God, in, in, in the presence of God against me and you. Every condemnation you have suffered comes to an end today. Comes to an end today. Every condemnation, every wrongdoing, every failure, every time you've missed the mark. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. And with that, I have the power of the resurrection to say to all of those, you are filthy, you are unclean. No, I'm not. That ended on Easter Sunday when Jesus rose again. In the power of his resurrection lies our sanctification. One of the blessings of a Christian is our sanctification. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So his, his resurrection entitles you and I to walk in a new life. A new life. The old life being passed away and the new life has begun, the Bible says. I'm so grateful that Jesus is helping me walk a different life. I have said to my wife and I've said to others, I wished that I had the maturity and understanding Christ in my life today. I'd had it 40 years ago when I started pastoring. And I say to you, our church family, you are part of that transition for me. You have shown me, many of you, what it really means to walk with Jesus. What it really means to love Him. I think I'm teaching you sometimes. You are teaching me more than I've ever been taught before. All the Bible colleges, all the seminary, all the academics. It's now people teaching me. That's what the body is all about. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. His resurrection destroyed the dominion of sin. So we can walk in the newness of life. That means we can invoke the power of His resurrection. Really? It means we can invoke the power of His resurrection in our lives and in our ministries. I'm kind of known now, which is kind of a strange name for me, a Baptocostal. That's the new title people are giving me. Why? Because I have more confidence than I ever had before that I can lay hands on you and you can be pray, pray, that you can be healed. I can lay hands on you and God's peace will gather around you. Our elders can gather around you and anoint you with oil according to the Word of God and God will do work. Do you believe that? Well, that was even weaker than Happy Easter. You see, it's more than just having it here. It's actually claiming it as our own. 
You don't want to come to my Pentecost sermon. I think I'm on that week. Could be dangerous. But I've come to understand what it means to be a pastor of the Pentecost. Not necessarily a Pentecostal pastor. I'm a pastor of the Pentecost. I believe that when Jesus, through his resurrection, and he said to his disciples, go there, heal sick, raise the dead, he meant it. He meant it. The question is, do we believe it? If we lock Easter out, we probably don't believe it. But if we live in the resurrected new life because of Christ, there's much we can do. So I challenge you, don't let Easter Sunday stop today. Don't just open up Easter Sunday, the room today, and then lock it tomorrow. But keep the room open. Unlock Easter every day. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the grace that is ours. And we ask, Father, that you would take the truth of the words that are spoken and apply them to our heart. And if there be any wrong thought or teaching, then extract that and erase that. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would live within us with, with, with the power of the resurrection. We surrender ourselves to the power of the resurrection because Jesus raised so that we could have newness in life. Newness in all we do. As we approach your table this morning, Lord, help us to remember because truly this is what Easter is all about. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would ask those who are joining with me this morning to serve the Lord's Supper, to come forward.